Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro Music Scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and also guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to become a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Leon Russell. I love you in a place where there's no space and time. I love you for my life because you're a friend of mine. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 57. No new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all the folks that are still on board at patreon.com. Coming at you this week here from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota. Picked up my phone this morning, flipped onto Facebook, and saw that I think probably my favorite musician of all time has passed away. Uh, good old Leon Russell. Uh, I don't even know where to start. The first song I ever remember even hearing or remembering was my dad playing Rollin' My Sweet Baby's Arms off Leon Russell's Hank Wilson's Back album. And that album went on to introduce me to all kinds of different country music, which we used in my Whiskey Roses bands. Um, another big Leon Russell memory is when one of my dear friends and bass player for like 10 years, Sean Schradel and I, went down to Nashville, Tennessee, and we were at the Bluebird listening to a songwriter, uh, James Slater, and Jessica Andrews sing a song that James had written about. Leon Russell, I happened to get in contact with Leon Russell's manager while I was down there just to show what kind of a mark and huge fanboy I was of his stuff. Anyway, the manager told Leon, and, and uh, Leon showed up at one of James Slater's shows, and we happened to be there, so I got to meet my hero and kind of set that up, and that was huge. Uh, another great memory of mine is when family friend Mike Schuster and my dad and I piled in the car and headed up to Hayward, Minnesota. No, Hayward, Wisconsin, sorry, uh, to go see Leon Russell play for the first time. I have all his CDs. I have most of them signed by Leon. Um, I always liked his vocal style. Um, I remember Eric Clapton said said once when he was singing his Journeyman record that he wanted to, or maybe he even contacted Leon Russell to see how he how he sang so effortlessly. Favorite albums of mine, uh, of Leon's, I would definitely say, uh, would be Hank Wilson's Back, um, Willow the Wisp, that a great song, Back to the Island. Uh, his first record's great. Leon Russell and the Shelter People, spectacular. Of course, he's well known for, for being part of the Mad Dogs and Englishmen with Joe Cocker. Um, 
I'd say probably one of my favorites is this live VHS I got somewhere of him in a concert with the New Grass Revival, I think it was called, um, filmed around 1980, and he kicks off the show with a version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is just tear-jerking. But, uh, yeah, it's a sad day for my family because it's my dad and I's musical connection for sure. Every time we have a campfire or something, we always kick on some Leon Russell classics and just kick back, have a beer. So I'm probably going to do that again tonight. So R.I.P. Rest in peace, Leon Russell. And uh, thank you for the beautiful music and wonderful times you've uh, created in my life. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Tuesday. Friends and patrons of the show, Ryan and Travis, took me to downtown St. Paul to see hip-hop artist P.O.S. perform for a PBS special. I absolutely loved it, and I'd really love to have P.O.S. on the podcast someday. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Of course, the election was the talk of the town that night, but I still had a good time rocking out with some of my friends. And a huge congratulations to Pub 42's third year anniversary. Wish I was able to make it there to see my buddy Luke do some DJing. Friday, I played a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin. Happy Veterans Day, and it was great to see one of my favorite veterans, Jim Palace and Roxy, of course, at the show. Also, good to see an old college friend, Brooke, who requested Make My Bed, a big hit for our band Upstart Crow back in the college days. I could barely get through a chorus of it, but I got to get those songs on iTunes, man. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, November 16th, 2016. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, November 17th, Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni, in YZ, Minnesota, from 8 to 11 p.m. Friday, November 18th, Mr. Brian Johnson and I will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in beautiful Plymouth, Minnesota, from 8 to 11 p.m. Saturday, November 19th, Brian Johnson and myself will be jamming on out at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Guest this week is part two of three with Minnesota slash Austin, Texas slash current drummer for GB Layton, Scott Wenham. We discuss Austin City Limits, scuba diving adventures, the band, Neil Diamond songs, GB Layton's new single, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Scott Wenham. Am I saying that right? Wenham, yes. Wenham. Old Norwegian name. Yep. Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, part two. We're still here in Scott's beautiful home in Fridley, Minnesota, and it is a day from heaven outside. Yes. We're looking out the window. The, oh, the beautiful maple trees, the colors. It's just gorgeous day out here in Fridley. Um, thanks again for doing the show. Thanks for and, having uh, me, And we talked about Austin, Texas last episode. Yeah. Um, couple questions about that before I move on to the next thing. I was down there many years ago to see some of my favorite bands at Austin City Limits, Wilco, um, Drive-By Truckers. Oh, yeah. And Almond Jeez. Brothers were down there. I mean, it was just Greg. And I was with my cousin, Kate. She lives down there. She lives in Dallas, and I'm down there about once a year. But So we were down to Austin, drove down there, and I, I hardly enjoyed the shows because it was so 
hot. Oh, we were I, there for the festival. The festival. I thought I was going to die. And here I am up here, you know, and I had Gator. <laughs> I couldn't drink any beer. I couldn't do anything. I was so hot. I think from being so Nordic up here, yeah. I could not take that heat. And I know I sound just like a wuss, but but it was just that hot where I couldn't even take it. What? So how long did you how long did it take you to get accustomed to living down there? I kind of like the heat. I've, I spend a lot of time in the tropics too, in like um, tropical Mexico, Cozumel, and Thailand, and the Philippines. And so both my wife and I like that. Um, but yeah, August, September can be a real beat down in Texas. You know, it's, it's kind of the opposite of being here. Um, we would vacation in August, and in, yeah, August usually go to like Mexico and go scuba diving for a week just to get out of that you know, 35th day in a row of 108 degrees, you know, so it, yeah, it takes, a, it takes a little while, and there are some days when it's a little blistering, and I played plenty of gigs where you couldn't touch the cymbals without having <laughs> gloves on if you're playing outside. So Austin, is it kind of known for um, the outlaw country music movement as well, like with yeah. Willie Nelson and, and uh, Waylon Jennings? <laughs> Teardrops and laughter the past of this world hand in hand. A good hearted woman loving a good tiny man. Did you see those guys play or go to any of those big uh, uh, college station shows or whatever, the 4th of July picnic thing? You ever do any of that kind of stuff? I did. I've been out to Luchenbach, um, seen some guys out there. I mean, we they have a thing called the Armadillo Bazaar every year around Christmas. Uh, and I would see like Ray Wiley Hubbard and, and a lot of the guys that were instrumental in the kind of forming that scene. So, yeah, those guys would always be around playing. Um in and around Austin, there are bars just outside of Austin in places like uh, Wimberley, too, uh, in the hill country that you could you could still see a lot of those guys that started that that scene. That kind of Towns Van Zant, Willie Nelson initiated scene. Jerry Jeff Walker. Yep. played with a guy named Freddie Kirch, Freddie Kirch and Cam King. Um, and Freddie was in Jerry, Jeff's, Jerry Jeff Walker's band in the 70s, in the real heyday. Cool. Yeah, he was really cool, um, you know, to hear his stories of being out on the road with, with Jerry Jeff. Wow. So. Did you have, uh, are you, were you a Pat Green fan or not a Pat Green fan? Yeah, I like, I like Pat Green. He's it's really successful down there. That's the thing with in that red dirt country music scene. If you're a Pat Green, or like a Roger Krieger, or or you know, Brandon Ryder, some of these red dirt country guys, um, you can get boot endorsements, truck endorsements. You know, you can you can play Texas and tour Texas in a in a bus and do pretty well. So, wow. You know, I, I, I appreciate what those guys do. It, they have a real strong regional following, too. Wow. So, um, to, I guess, finish up on the Austin thing, how'd you wind up back up here? 
Well, my, my wife's an elementary school teacher, um, and we both had, we're both from here, and we both have family up here. And, you know, nephews and nieces are getting older, and parents getting older, and had the opportunity to come back up here and play music again. So the timing was just right, I Heck think. Heck, yeah. Austin's great, but it was, uh, it's kind of a city bursting at the seams, too. And there, 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 are, there were, and I think still are, um, quite a few musicians that are kind of trickling out of there now. Okay. Who are some of the artists you played with down there besides Martin? Um, in Austin, I played with Freddie Kirch, the mm. Freddie Steady Five. I played with a guy named Brian Kramer down there. He's an excellent singer-songwriter. He was just up here about three weeks ago on a little mini tour. Um, I had a little surf rock rockabilly band down there as well. I played with Nikia um, Reynoso, who was uh, he was a semifinalist on The Voice, and he's a real kind of Alabama version of Joe Cocker. Got a real cool Texas soul and blues thing. You're a scuba diver. Yeah, avid. And you work for PADI, right? Paddy. Paddy. Yeah, the Professional Association of Dive Instructors, yes. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you about some folklore. Okay. Because I'm interested in this. So a trumpet player that used to play in our band named Dan Fretland right. is a pro scuba diver as well. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me stories about diving in Lake Superior. All right. And so this year. Warm, he's got some warm blood. Yeah. <laughs> so he had. So he was telling me these stories. Dry suit diving. And. Uh, this year, my family was up there in Lake Superior, and I just happened to think about this as we were talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald or whatever. And, and he told me a story, and then I texted him quick, and he came back with all the information that there's a ship that went down in Isle Royale okay. called the SS Kamloops. Okay. And it went down, and that there's in like 1927, and that there's a, still a body floating around the engine department named Whitey. Slash or grandpa, they call him. He's got a wedding ring on, and he's this body that's somehow been preserved and floats around. Hmm. Question is, have you ever seen, been there and seen that? Have you ever heard this story, or have you ever experienced anything similar like than like like this? I haven't um, heard that story. I know that uh, I know quite a few people have dove the the Madeira up there. But I haven't heard that one about the body. I, I've dove a lot of wrecks myself, mostly in Southeast Asia, like Japanese um, destroyers and patrol boats and wrecks from the Spanish-American War, um, one called El Capitan in the Philippines, the USS New York, which was an American ship sunk by the Japanese in the Philippines. Um, I've dove a lot of those wrecks. Uh, nothing up in Lake Superior. I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to really cold water. I'm not a big dry suit diver. I like my water temperature about 80 to 80, <laughs> 83. Nice. Um, but yeah, I did have the misfortune one time of I was teaching a scuba course um, to a guy and we were going on our deep dive and we found a body. We actually had to do a body recovery one time. So we didn't know it, but there was someone else teaching a course at the same time, and 
the someone in in that course had an issue and got separated from the group and wound up drowning and uh, we were already in the water so they were sending out on the surface they were sending out alerts and rescue teams and all that stuff and calling 911 um, and we didn't know because we we're just underwater diving and I shined my flashlight and I thought there was there used to be this old Ford Pinto that was um, underwater it's this lake Lake Travis out in Austin and I shine my light on something that looked metallic and I thought man it shouldn't be that Ford Pinto we're not that far into the dive yet because the visibility was only about from me to you from like five to seven feet away um, and then I shined it again I took a couple more fin kicks and I said oh that's oh man that's a tank that's a regulator that's a body and so I had this kind of relatively inexperienced diver with me so I didn't want him to panic but at the same time we needed to bring this diver to the surface because we didn't know how long he'd been there if we could revive him all of that so we uh we swam him to the surface and when we got to the surface there was a a a team a dive team, rescue team waiting for us, and they took over. That's an incredible so that's, story. So that's my <laughs> that's my one encounter. Yeah, with a body. I I, I don't wish to have another. I bet not. One of our family's uh, dear friends was a scuba diver in Africa and worked on uh, ships, like oil ships and stuff, and he mm-hmm. was killed scuba diving even there's even controversy i think he might have been murdered i guess down in those in those crazier countries that if you do anything wrong they can they can take you out i guess but i think there was a blow up there's something exploded underwater and he was killed scuba diving but he Mm -hmm. had a business where he would take these would bring these frogs up from Mm -hmm. africa and bring them to my hometown of turtle lake wisconsin and he was raising them selling them to pet stores okay and he had this big house. And he had a, a tortoise walking around the house. Just one of those, one of those type of guys. So did he run afoul of like the local authorities, or didn't hadn't paid them off or something? Uh, the uh, the the money that they thought they were due. I have no idea. I was so young when it Sorry. happened. I'd have okay. to check with my dad. And if it's totally wrong, I'll cut it from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, especially when you get in some of those hot zones. You know, the hot zones. There's a lot of. Uh, graft and uh, grease and palms that goes on and it's easy to run uh, get on the other side of that and you got to be careful how did you get involved in that line of work i always wanted to um because i was stationed in the philippines in the far east for quite a long time when i was in the marine corps so i saw a lot of that and i used to see navy divers and i always wanted to do that and i knew a lot of the history over there of the wrecks that were sunk in, in world war ii so when I first got certified, that was my first trip. I went over to the Philippines, and I dove some wrecks right away. And then I dove some stuff that I shouldn't have been diving. I didn't know it. I was just a, a beginning diver, but I went down, I think, on the USS New York on like my second or third dive and dove down to about 130 feet and was swimming through passageways. And then when I got up and I, and I started looking at it, I said, oh, I'm supposed to only go to 60 feet. No overhead environments. All right, well. So is I don't it recommend just, that. What's it like? Is it like like when you watch the movie Titanic, when James Cameron went down there and was had just this green light shining over the boat and stuff? Is it like that? Is it just pitch black and he's got a flashlight looking at stuff? That all depends on where you're at, like how deep you are. You know, you lose light the deeper you go. And if 
But if the visibility, I've been in the in like Cozumel, Mexico, and I've been down at 130 feet where it's still crystal clear and you can see the surface at the top. It's like the sky today, just blue, you know. So it depends on how much like suspended particles there are in the water because that'll cut the light really quickly. On a lot of those wrecks, the visibility is pretty low. If it's like a silty bottom, the visibility will be low and it'll it'll be black. When you get down there, so it's like a night dive. Then that's kind of fun. <laughs> Just come upon things, you know. Jeepers! Yeah, I was like, like uh, Philippines. I remember like this Spanish American wreck. It's called the El Capitan, and there was a bathtub down there still. And I went down. And I shined my light in this bathtub, and there's this big grouper sitting in the bathtub. And they still had some cannons back then that were uh, intact. Cool. On that, and like Spanish cannons from you know 19th century. It's great. So living back here in Minnesota, how do you keep your diving chops up? It's just all travel. I mean, I went to the Philippines last year and went to Cozumel twice. We went with the band to Mazatlan. Uh, took the band to Mazatlan. I tried to do a little diving there. It's, but Pacific side isn't, you know, around that area. The visibility is pretty low, but it still was good to get in the water and see what they have down there. What's your next adventure? It'll probably be, we'll probably go back to Cozumel, I would think, this um, winter sometime. And I'll get back to the Philippines. I have um, good friends over there. Actually, two of my best friends from the Philippines just flew over from the Philippines to go see that big um, desert trip show that uh, was out around Palm Springs a couple weeks ago with Dylan and Paul McCartney and the Stones and the Who and Roger Waters and Neil Young. Oh, my gosh. This incredible concert. The Mount Rushmore of modern rock. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> kind of transitioning into music from that. Let's do that. When you're scuba diving down there, what, what songs are going, what's your favorite scuba diving song in your head as you're going down? Actually, one of my favorite things to do, I've got real good friends in the Philippines, a guy named Pete Eaton, that's my age, uh, who's an instructor, great instructor over there. Um, Alan Nash, um, my friend Roscoe. Uh, Hugh, these, these guys are from Australia, New Zealand, England, and so they they're really they really know their their Brit pop, their British music, Australian bands, and when we get together after the dives, we just kind of compile music and we just sit at this bar. It's called the Point Bar, and just someone will plug in. They'll make up make up a playlist during the day of what we want to listen to that night. And we'll just all sit and listen to it and have a San Miguel beer and, and sit back. So for me, oftentimes it's like I'll go back, I'll, I'll pick some like <clears throat> maybe 80s Brit stuff that I really liked, like The Police. like some old Generation X, um, Clash, uh, some old Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, or else I'll go Americana and go with some old Springsteen, uh, pick some Hayes Carl, throw stuff like that. So maybe some stuff they haven't heard. And know. they dig that stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. It's funny to hear how they, you know, when they haven't heard it, they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, one of the... One time we watched The Last Waltz. They had TV up there, and I had the DVD, The Last Waltz, and we watched it together, and they just thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah. The Last Waltz has been mentioned on this show a few times. 
Who's your favorite act on that concert? Oh, boy. For uh, listeners here that don't know what that is, that's the final concert from the band, The Band. I think it was filmed in the 1970s by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it was like 78? Yeah, it's it? when The Band of like Levon Helm, uh, Robbie Robertson, uh, Garth Hudson. Yep. Now we got to try to get him. Uh, uh, Rick Danko. Danko. And we're missing. Did you say Levon and Robbie? Uh, Levon Helm and and then the, who's the one that's got, no longer with us? You got Garth, Richard Manuel. Richard Manuel was yeah the kind of creative the creative uh, torture genius. Yeah, so it's their yeah. kind of breakup show. They're kind of I don't know. Robbie comes across as such a dick there that show, but Levon's awesome and and but so they film this last show and it's got famous artists like Eric Clapton, Neil Young. Um, I really like the Neil Young stuff. I think that they f- they fit so well behind him. You know, they back him so well. Helpless, helpless, And then, um, oh, who's the guy? Joni Mitchell sings harmony for him on that. Yeah, you're a harmony yeah. singer guy. Yeah, yeah. That song helpless. Yeah, they, yeah. They, and that's. I think that's where, that's their wheelhouse. Um, the band gets. You know, people know the band through the weight and songs like that, Cripple Creek. Um, but I think they do like a, especially through Levon, they tap into that Southern gospel thing so well. I mean, it's. It, you know, the night they drove old Dixie down. It just, yeah, they've got the, the feel, the feeling. And so I think, yeah, that with Neil Young and with, with Joni Mitchell, yeah, I, I like that. I, that really, that, that stands out to me in yeah. that concert. I like Neil Diamond out there, you know, with the, the glasses and stuff, kind of for the visual. Dry your eyes. I think yeah. that's the song he sings. Yeah, we used to play that with, with Zeller in the Neil really? Diamond tribute. Yeah. Dry your eyes. Take your song out. Well, it's a newborn afternoon. And if you can't recall the singer, can you still recall? It's got the big marchy beat. Yeah. Yeah. There's a brand new afternoon or whatever. He's got the big sunglasses on. And Subtle as a sledgehammer, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle as a sledgehammer. Who says that? Uh, that's probably a Dan Neal. <laughs> I just, I just, I just steal frequently from Dan Neal. He's got plenty of good ones. Oh, I know. He used to have a whole diary of sayings of his. Um, I guess while we're asking about that, what what was some of your favorite ones? Because you were in that whole Neil production with Martin Zeller for years, right? Yeah. What was some of your favorite Neil Diamond songs that you guys would play? Oh, I like the old stuff. I like like the Cherry Cherries. You know, yeah. stuff that just has that feel. You got to me. You know, um, there are a bunch of songs that have that kind of, I'm a believer, that kind of, it's rocking, but it's swinging at the same time, because they recorded, you know, out in L.A. with like Hal Blaine playing drums on a lot of that stuff, so it's, it's, a, it's a school jazz player rocking, you know, and it has, so it has a little swing built into the, the rock, some subtlety built into the power, Yeah, and I just, yeah, I think that stuff's great. 
Yeah, I'm one, I, I think the wrecking crew. You know, those yeah. guys. I think subconsciously I'm going in that direction because I play every Wednesday this place called Pub 42. Okay. And for some reason I pulled out Song Song Blue last week and they went nuts. Oh, yeah. And so I had to go. I only know like three Neil Diamond songs. And they're like, oh, you got, and I did a medley or whatever. And they're like, you got to keep doing that. So I got to pick Neil Diamond songs. I'm trying to get ones I really like, maybe a hair obscure. A Cherry Cherry is a good idea. That's a a a good one. Cherry Cherry, I'm a believer. Um, Yeah, you got to me is a great great one too yeah heck yeah kind of more so up-tempo many. stuff yeah you could uh, you'd even do like forever in blue jeans and that would be a good like one that. too you know it's a good sing-along people love that one yeah <laughs> here we are talking about neil now oh boy uh okay yeah she we're out of time for the second podcast as well so you up for one more sure we'll, do, we'll talk chris isaac whatever you want yeah let's just talk about music history and sounds we'll talk music that. history please tune in next week for scott winham part two thank you very much scott all right all right, before we continue, Scott, we got to finish part two here real quick. Uh, I forgot we hadn't do the, they didn't do the story behind the song segment. Okay. So is there another recording or by Martin or GB or some other band you've worked with over the years that we could share at this end of this episode? Sure. Um, let's go with the, the most recent recording we did with uh, GB Layton. Recorded it over at Patrick Tanner's studio, um, and it's been available now for, uh, I guess, about a month. It's called Ain't Nothing Better. It's a uh, kind sunny of a afternoon song. Yeah. That is an excellent song, man. Yeah, it was fun. And the vocals sound great, and I like the drum part, too. It's like, um, it just seems a little different from GB stuff. Yeah, we, and we were going for a, a summer song. So I was kind of listening to uh, Max Weinberg's playing on the river, which yeah. is a more aggressive version of Matt's, Max Weinberg. It was this is a snare. His snare work is great. And I was thinking of that channeled through a kind of Beach Boys sentiment. Yeah. You know, a summer song. And some a drum part that would, like, really cut through, that you could play with the windows open, the old idea of, of a song, you know, of the part being straight ahead enough where you don't lose it, you know, when you've got other things going on. Yeah, when that came on on Facebook, I bought it right away because it was just catchy right away. The vocal take was really good, too. Yeah, he sounded really good. PT gets some good sounds down there. He does. Yeah. Um, at Bread Studio, I think he calls. Yeah. It used to be Dark One, but Bread, Bread Sound. Yeah, Bread yeah. Sound. That's what it is. And actually, yeah, and, and Smokey, the bass player, Smokey and I, we write a lot of songs together, and we record at Patrick's. Do you well. really? Yep. So we had been doing that together for the past year. So then, when Brian um, recorded "Ain't Nothing Better" down there, it was like it was nice because. Smokey and I especially were really used to recording with Patrick. We were real comfortable, and we could just come in and knock that out, and we knew we could get some good sounds. So, oh, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to more songs yeah. coming out of you guys because that sounded really good. Yeah, Patrick's got a great thing down there. He's, uh, he's a meticulous um, he's meticulous about his sounds, and he's got great equipment, and it's a very uh, inviting place to, to come yeah. and record. We'll check out GB Layton's new song, Ain't Nothing Better, on iTunes. And again, tune in next week for part three with Scott Winham. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stanger Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast. 
Nerds. If you would like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Oh, too.